So we are now live on YouTube, everyone. And go ahead and, and kick this thing off. <laughs> so hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Government Coins. This is episode number four. And today we are joined by someone at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Now this is huge. I don't I don't know if you understand how huge this is, being that Port Authority spends so much money with small businesses. Uh, Chris Lee, would you mind sharing a little bit? Because this is actually in your area, in yeah. the New York area. Yeah, I'm so excited. So guys, we join you today. Um, we'll go through introductions. My name is Chris Lee Julian. Um, I am the founder of The Black Bunker, which is essentially our monthly masterclass reviewing um, the access of government contracts from a federal city and state perspective for minority owned businesses. And I also have a human capital firm known as Chris Lee G Consulting, where we focus on human capital analytics, data analytics to drive employee performance. Shakia. Yes, and hi everyone, my name is Shakia Kegler. I am the founder and CEO of GovLier, which is a supplier diversity firm that focuses on outreach and software technology to streamline processes to increase the number of minority-owned businesses in the space. So um, it's, it's super exciting. We decided to start this podcast to really dispel a lot of the myths around government contracting and to ease the discomfort that most businesses have as it relates to doing business with the government and also put you in front of different buyers different people who are in charge of large programs that are tailored towards small, uh, small businesses and today we have dr keith wright from um, the office of small businesses dr keith would you mind giving us any um a introduction for the audience Sure. Um, uh, I'm Keith Wright. I'm with the uh, Port Authority of New York in New Jersey. Uh, I serve in the role of business uh, diversity uh, director. And um, while we'll talk about it um, uh, uh, in the next couple of minutes, um, my passion is really on increasing contracting opportunities for minority and women-owned business. That's why I get up in the morning. That's why I come to work. Uh, and that's why I'm happy to talk with both of you. Uh, to introduce you and your audience to uh, the work that is taking place at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. I am so excited to have you. So uh, many who have worked with me or know me know that I am located in both New York and New Jersey, business-wise and living-wise, right? I have a co, anyone that, it's kind of like living in the DMV area. Um, same thing for New York and New Jersey. We're kind of a co-dependent state. Um, and so I had already been registered as an MWBE um, with the city of New York. However, um, recently, because of just how efficient Port Authority has been, I'm now registered with the state um, through Port Authority, New York and New Jersey as an MWBE, a minority women-owned business enterprise, and um, actually just finished our DBE this morning um, and got our... Got our thirty, got our thirty-day acknowledgement letter this morning. So, right, um, very, very exciting. So, 
What I wanted to ask you, um, Dr. Wright, is what are the goals? And I think it's great that you talk about your passion for yeah. inclusion as it pertains to minority businesses and women-owned businesses. But what are the goals that Port Authority of New York and New Jersey has as it pertains to MWBEs? Mm, that's a good question. Great question. Let me just um, set up for your for your audience who may not be with the Port Authority um, as 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 you are. And uh, when you mentioned DMV, I did spend almost 25 years uh, there. Uh, I worked at the Port Authority in 1986 to 1992, and then I went to the DMV area, and now I'm back. But the Port Authority for for your audience is a bi-state agency. Uh, it was created by uh, Act of Congress. Actually, we're celebrating our centennial year, so it was created in 1921. And when you think about the importance of, of uh, the agency being created as a bi-state agency between New York and New Jersey, uh, you just have to think about shipping lanes and, and docks and commerce coming into the area and imagine people on uh, New York side and the New Jersey side trying to attract businesses and trying to increase lower prices, fighting over doing all types of things uh, and the chaos that could result in, okay, where does the, 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 the merchandise uh, end up? And so um, it was decided that there would be a bi-state agency that would uh, regulate commerce and build world-class transportation uh, infrastructure to allow the commerce to come into the region. And now we can uh, function as a region. So when we talk about the uh, Port Authority, we talk about our mission to keep the region moving. It's important for people to understand that what constitutes this agency uh, are, is the Lincoln Tunnel, the Holland Tunnel, uh, five airports, uh, JFK Airport, LaGuardia Airport, uh, Nork uh, Liberty uh, Airport, Teterboro Airport, and Stewart Airport. Uh, there's also uh, four, four bridges that, uh, uh, that many people use. In fact, the George Washington uh, Bridge is the uh, most highly traveled bridge in the country. Uh, that's a Port Authority facility, as well as Gothel's Bridge, Bayonne Bridge, and, uh, and the Outer Bridge uh, Crossing. Uh, and just to uh, uh, top it off, uh, there's the PATH system, the rail system, uh, there's all of the seaports, and it's the World Trade Center complex, 16 acres uh, World Trade Center complex that uh, the Port Authority originally built, the Twin Towers uh, opened up in 1973, and of course, the unfortunate disaster with 9-11, uh, and now we uh, rebuilt Freedom Tower and we're rebuilding in this whole uh, 16 acre complex here. So I say I share this with your audience to, to say that it is a huge organization, uh, 8,000 uh, em, em, employees uh, and uh, between New York and New Jersey. And our focus is really around uh, building world-class transportation infrastructures that allows the movement of goods and services in and out of our region. Uh, our port system alone is probably the busiest port in the country uh, right now. Uh, and pre-COVID, uh, our airports, the, the, the three main airports combined were uh, close to being the busiest uh, uh, airport system in, in the country. So it's an organization that uh, has uh, over 24 different facilities, 8,000 employees, uh, and is a real economic engine for uh, not just this region, but for the for the country. And so having these big numbers to your question uh, and having these opportunities 
one of the things that that we're guided by is how do we share in the economic uh, uh, growth and the economic wealth of this region, and how do we make sure that we have uh, 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 goals to hit for our minority and women-owned uh, business communities. And so, for for most of uh, the last, uh, I want to say, 15 or 20 years, we've had goals of 17% of the contract value should uh, be directed towards minority and women-owned business. In 2018, the board decided that they were going to raise that to 30%. And so today, we have uh, for every contract that all, across all procurement categories, we have a designation of 30%. And that's broken down 20% MBE and 10% uh, WBE. And, and, and so those are the goals. And as our executive director uh, uh, tells us often, uh, this is not um, about effort. At the end of the day, it's a numbers game and we have to show contracts that are going to uh, minority and women-owned business as well as service disabled veteran-owned businesses. And so, we, so my department is solely, uh, singly focused on that. However, it is an agency goal, not just a, a DNI goal. I think it's so important. I don't think um, many people understand that Port Authority of New York and New Jersey has made it their business to essentially have such greater percentage goals on contracts versus federal. Um, sometimes some of the federal scorecards are at like. 5%, you know, women-owned small business. Whereas I can be a great testament to the fact that we are actually going after a New Jersey transit opportunity. And it fully says you have to have 22 or 25% DBE, you know, or MWBE. So we're very, um, this is what he's saying is true. I'm a living testament of it. Um, and so what I want to follow up and ask you, I have been um, HR business partner uh, for EWR, the United, um, you know, ter the United Terminal. I've been uh, HRBP for JFK and LaGuardia. So oh. yes, those three airports are monstrous, as they would say. Um, and so when I, what I love to look at is the big move that Port Authority has when it comes down to Terminal Eight. There are some great moves when it comes down to MWBE T8 at JFK. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk about some of the opportunities um, and how that applies to MWBEs? Sure, um, and, and not just Terminal 8, but again, as you say, across the, uh, the, the agency. Um, but what's important is um, when you think about you're, you're, you're in uh, HR, uh, someone else might be in uh, engineering. Uh, someone else might be um, uh, in uh, 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 architect. Someone else might be, you know, in offering different types of uh, services. And so uh, what the Port Authority uh, has embarked on is to say, uh, let's just take the, the building of, of a new terminal. Uh, the, it has to be uh, designed, uh, has to be constructed. It has to be uh, operated and it has to be maintained, right? And so, and these these projects are are, are mega projects, and they they are often once in a generation project uh, going up, and they're in the billions of dollars. 
And so, uh, again, at our agency, well, one of the things we said in our procurement is that we want to make sure that that 30% is on the design so that the architects and engineers have an opportunity. We want to make sure that is on the building uh, piece of it so that the contractors uh, have an opportunity. We want to make sure it's on the operations so that folks come in, whether they want to do airport concessions or they want to uh, offer cleaning uh, services, um, which I may, may just put a note that um, uh, folks need to really look at uh, some of these cleaning services because these contracts run into the millions of dollars or whether it's on the maintenance or the security, uh, security guard service, technology services, all the things that you can think about that go into running a facility. Uh, we wanna make sure that there's an opportunity for minority and women-owned uh, business. So uh, every, every single contract dollar amount will have that 30% stipulation uh, on it. And as, as as you as you mentioned, uh, we're rebuilding uh, JFK Airport Terminal Eight, Terminal Six. Uh, we're rebuilding LaGuardia Airport uh, right now. Uh, so far, we've spent about 1.8 billion dollars with minority and women-owned business on LaGuardia uh, project. Um, on the Nork project, which I'm very close to, uh, we're rebuilding Nork Airport. A new terminal is going in at Nork Airport, even as we speak. Uh, and uh, our, our numbers, because we track our numbers, uh, we are close to $460 million spent with minority and women-owned businesses at uh, North Airport. Uh, and, and so we're gonna continue to, 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 to press uh, forward and, and, and be as inclusive as possible. Uh, and we realize that uh, in order to uh, reach our numbers, sometimes it's important to do what we're doing now uh, make folks aware of it, uh, to do the outreach, um, and to have, you know, Christy, your testimonials over and over again to folks, like you can get certified, you can get opportunities. Uh, that's really important information uh, to, to, to get out there. And I, I will say, having done uh, uh, these types of, of conversations, you know, with various chambers of commerce and, and other folks, um, everybody is not always aware and everybody is not always um, a, a fan because they're not aware of some of the things that we're doing. And so it's important for us to get the message out there that we are serious about uh, MWBE participation uh, and we want to do better. That was such a loaded answer. I really appreciate that. It gave us a lot of uh, insight in terms of, you know, different areas where you are spending money. Um, and the fact that you break it down by the design, the bill and the operations, I've usually only seen it in one component of, you know, that proposal. Um, but my question is for primes who are going after these contracting opportunities, how are they encouraged to locate subcontractors to meet these 30% goals? Um, or like how, how can a small business who's interested in becoming a prime to actually uh, help, I mean, interested in becoming a sub underneath that prime to help facilitate that 30%, how, how would a small business go by doing that? That's a great, uh, great question. Uh, there, there are a couple of ways. Um, so, uh, and let me start from uh, when a prime wins a contract and a prime uh, 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 needs to uh, bring subs on to meet their 30%. Uh, so there's a database that the Port Authority and a number of other agencies are a part of 
uh, called um, uh, Business to Government, B2G. Um, we certify the firms uh, and we let the uh, primes know that these are certified firms by the Port Authority in the disciplines that the prime uh, could be looking, looking to uh, hire. We also, for every major project, we have uh, several outreach events where we bring primes together uh, with uh, subcontractors. Uh, and just recently, we added to our website, if you go out on our, 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 our website, uh, www.panynj.gov, and you look under business opportunities and you look for construction, there's a, we have just added um, a place where subs can get to know primes. And so we, we say to the subcontractor, if you're interested in uh, having a prime reach out to you on this particular contract, put your name in, put your email information in, uh, list the sort of the scopes of work that you're really good at. And I would tell folks, don't, don't try to list everything, um, but list what you're really, really good at. And so when the prime uh, picks that up, then they can say, okay, I have somebody who can do uh, concrete for me. I have someone who can do paving for me. I have someone who can uh, 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 give me electrical supplies or what have you. But now you're listed actually on a website and then we um, uh, audit uh, the website to see if the primes are in fact going back and making those connections to, to the subcontractors. But every opportunity that we have, uh, we're doing connections, we're doing outreach. Uh, and we have um, uh, community outreach offices uh, in North, in Elizabeth, uh, at our bus terminal in, in Manhattan, uh, near uh, Kennedy uh, Airport. And our, our teams are in those uh, outreach offices. That's their main focus, um, making sure that we're connecting the subs with the primes. But what I will also say, uh, uh, what we're, what we're uh, working on is the, the next big big wave is how do we get more of the subcontractors to become primes? Mm, that's, that's, that's a good push. Uh, and that means that we have to help them build capacity. Uh, we have to uh, create opportunities for them. Uh, we have to figure out how do we unbundle some of the, con the big contracts to make them smaller contracts so that they can uh, uh, work their way into growing their, their firms uh, based on their ability to, uh, to, to take on more and more uh, contracts. But, but that's the name of the game, the primes and the, the subs. We have to all look at this that we want to benefit collectively as a region and let's figure out how we can do that. Yeah, I really, um, I, the unbundling, I got excited about that one because we, we always talk about, you know, the requirements for prime contractors, these larger prime contractors to really work with small businesses. But sometimes the requirements that they have make it impossible for businesses to, to even meet these contracting opportunities as well. So I think that would be a, a huge opportunity. And I feel like some of the, um, the ways that you were going about doing it with the outreach events, that's something that I feel like is, is awesome. My next question, however, is geared towards um, type of things that the organization is purchasing mm -hmm. in addition to, you know, some of the commercial or the construction services. So we've talked about, um, you know, everything that goes into the con construction side of it. But what about administrative and professional services uh, for those businesses who have those type of companies? Yeah. So when you think about, you know, 8,000 employees, um, 
there's lots of things that we need for our development from, you know, uh, from uh, folks who offer uh, training or consulting services um, to any uh, other agency. We, we're in the same space that we would use those services uh, as well. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, there's, a, there's an organization who's trying to think through, okay, what's the next project that I have to deliver, a strategic planning project? Uh, I need some help uh, to do that. I know there are firms out there who can uh, kind of get us started, uh, do some, help us do some benchmarking, help us do put uh, performance uh, metrics, all those different things that you would see uh, in any uh, corporation or even in some uh, municipalities, we need those services as well. And so the first thing I say to your audience is um, you want to become familiar with, uh, you want your, your services to be um, uh, known by the Port Authority. And so we like for you to register as a vendor on the uh, PA Procure. Um, and so uh, um, when you go in, it takes about five or 10 minutes, um, is www.paprocure.gov. Um, uh, um, uh, and you register as a, as a vendor and you list your services. And what that does is when any one of our departments uh, is looking to bring someone in, uh, they can make an inquiry to our procurement system uh, and they say, well, I'm looking for somebody who does uh, uh, HR training. I'm looking for someone who might do unconscious bias training or I'm looking for someone to deliver a service. Uh, I want them in the New York area or I want them in the North area or, what, or, or, or wherever the facility is located. Uh, your name will be in the system and it, it will be generated and they and then uh, that makes you known to uh, the, 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 the buyer. And so again, there, when, you, when you think again, think about the facilities that I mentioned uh, uh, and then think about the products that uh, are flowing through those facilities and then think about what are those products are part of your supply chain. Um, and I will tell you, we probably, uh, utilize it or need or need it or request it um, somewhere in in the agency. So it really is important for your firm uh, to be uh, on our, our PA procurement list. Aside from that, and we talked about this just a little bit, right? Being on the PA procure list. I know um, two weeks ago we had our call for a solicitation, right? The calls that we have before putting out. Um, after a bit is put out and before you can, you know, submit questions. And mm -hmm. the biggest thing they talked about is the DBE certification. Okay. Um, I think I will say this, um, you know, Port Authority has done a great job by communicating to primes the importance of including those companies that have DBE certifications. What is the advantage of that? You know, I think a lot of companies don't really understand how important it is. Last week we had, um, not last week, but the week before, the United States Department of Transportation. They mm -hmm. talked a little bit about the DBE. Okay. okay. So for the court, how important is it for companies to really pursue DBE? It's, it's, it's very important. And I would, I, I would say the distinction um, for the most part, uh, the, the Port Authority is a, uh, for, for the most part, a self-funding uh, entity. Uh, so we don't receive tax dollars from uh, either New York or New Jersey. But on some of our, pro um, some of our projects, we do receive federal funding. 
So, so for example, we just finished uh, re uh, uh, developing or, or repaving uh, a runway at Newark Airport, mm -hmm. uh, and the total cost of that was somewhere in the neighborhood I, I want to say of eighty-four million dollars. Uh, we received some of those funds from the federal government, FAA. Uh, to, 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 to do that. As you know, all of the airport system is under the control of, of the FAA. So we receive some of those funds. Whenever an uh, entity receives federal funds, that's when the DBE um, uh, part comes in. Because the federal government says that if you're going to uh, receive these dollars, we want to make sure that a portion of uh, these dollars go to DBEs or disadvantaged uh, business enterprises. And to, your, to, to the heart of your question, why is it so important? We tell folks all the time, yes, you might, you wanna be certified as a WBE, you wanna be certified as an MBE, that's wonderful. But to the extent that you can also get certified as a DBE, don't miss that opportunity because federal projects are strictly uh, focused on the DBE uh, community. Now that might change in the future where they also open it up to MBE community, but for right now, they are focused on the DBE community. And so to the extent that you can get that certification uh, and the good news uh, when you come into the Port Authority to be certified, we offer that certification uh, as well. So it's extremely important to, to do that. And we, we're always encouraging our folks, take the time, there's a little additional paperwork, but take the time to, 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 to get that certification. Just a tip, if you guys are applying for your MWBE, um, and especially if you do it with the port, um, you can 90%, I'll say about 80% of the documentation that you need for MWBE is probably gonna be needed for your DBE. There's just a little tiny bit more extra paperwork and it's 100% worth it, especially when there are solicitations out there that are pushing and saying, hey, this we are giving first priority to DBEs. Um, so that's Shakia. I'm over here nodding my head and shaking uh, and answering the questions. And, um, so happy I put it on mute because it, it'll sound like a, a maniac at this point. But um, all excellent, excellent um, like comments about the certification. Uh, the next question for me would be when it comes down to, you know, opportunities that are for small businesses and opportunities that are for minority owned businesses, do you have it set up in a... I guess in a separate manner as if a business is, is not certified, how do they go after these opportunities as a small business? Um, do you have any like programs for those businesses or prior to them getting certified as MBE or WMBE? We, 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 we try to encourage um, businesses to be certified. But as I mentioned before, if you're registered as a vendor on our PA Procure system, you don't necessarily have to be certified. Mm. Where, where the certification is really important is when we say to the primes, you must um, have 30% participation on this project. They don't get credit for, for any uncertified firms that they bring on the project. They only get credit for the certified firms. But if you're in, let's say you're off, offering um, 
uh, supplies, uh, pens, papers, pencils, uh, to our office services. And, and I say that that's the space that you're in and you're happy being in that space. And you, you know, you, you, you have a price that's, that's competitive. You can be in our, our register, PA Procure. Uh, we can utilize your services all, all day long, uh, but you don't have to be, you don't have to be certified for that. But we do encourage firms to, to be certified because uh, again, with these uh, mega projects and the primes looking to get credit for it, they're going to be looking for folks that can help them. And the only way they'll get credit is to use a certified uh, Port Authority firm or a firm that's certified uh, with New Jersey Transit or a firm that's certified with uh, the state of New York, so on and so forth. Yeah, um, to keep everyone in loop, right, it, it really pertains to the type of business that you're in. So depending on the um, the service or the goods that you provide, um, if it is complex service that can lead to multi-million dollar type of contracts, it is highly encouraged. But just as Dr. Wright was saying, if it is very simplistic, kind of like an RFQ, we just need a quote, we provide this types of goods, yeah, you can operate without it. However, it is advantageous for the agency and for everyone that you have those certifications. Um, I think we've had all our questions. Is that correct? Oh, one last question. Oh, just before go we ahead. Go. So yeah. Dr. Dr. Wright, um, this is the last question for me because I will continue to ask questions, but for sure. businesses who want to go after government opportunities that don't require you to bid on them. So how do I become a preferred vendor um, as a small business with the Port Authority? So, and that's going after those micro-purchasing um, threshold opportunities. Uh, and also, could you speak to that a little bit about the different thresholds um, for the Port Authority? So yes, so when you when when you, uh, one of the things that we worked on uh, this year, um, and we, we give we like to give credit where credit is due, uh, we saw early in in the year or maybe late last year, where uh, one of our sister agencies, the uh, MTA, announced a discretionary uh, procurement process, mm-hmm. uh, and what what they were uh, saying is that there are a number of firms out there who are just not participating in the opportunity. So how could we figure out a way to uh, bring more uh, inclusion and equitable outcomes to the process? And so our, our uh, uh, team, uh, and it was a collective effort across the organization uh, from the executive director's office to procurement, to engineering, to uh, ODI, uh, aviation path and the like. We, we said that we want to be able to offer something similar. So we created the threshold to say that um, all um, uh, projects that are 1.5 million or less on a professional services side, or 2.5 million or less on the construction side, we would put them in what we call a small contracts program. And then we would go through, again, we would go through our database uh, we go through other databases and we would want to make sure that we do have a adequate pool of firms that we could then offer these opportunities uh, to. So part of it is, you know, recognizing that everybody is not uh, yet uh, uh, able to, to bid on a, say, a $5 million contract. But that doesn't prevent them from bidding on a million dollar contract or a $1.5 million contract. 
And so we want to find ways to uh, one make that available, and then uh, to uh, it's always going to be competitive. And so uh, we can we we establish those thresholds, but then the firms would have to put their best effort forward to win the uh, the actual bid. But the point the point is into the earlier thing about unbundling some of the large contracts, and now we're saying let's take a step further. Let's just have X number of contracts that we know um, there's an available pool of firms out there in the region that we can uh, we can have them compete on these these projects. That's that awesome. is such a, that's an amazing approach. I love that. And this was really the first time that I've heard about the, this program. So that is exciting to really hear. Um, anytime we ever brought it up in the conversation, it always seemed like a revolutionary act. So huge, uh, huge, huge combination to you guys for that. That was an awesome uh, move. Chrisley, did you have some last questions or I think it's time for us to get some guest questions. Oh. Yes, guest questions time. Before you go there, I just want to make one quick comment. Uh, congratulating you on the work that you're doing and getting this information out there. Uh, because I, I want to say while I'm proud of the work that we're doing uh, and, and I'm passionate about it, um, there are uh, advocates for the MBE community that come to us that provide us the feedback to say, here's, here's what else you should be doing. And so while, while we listen to them and we take, we take their feedback, I also want to give them credit for pushing us to do the things that, 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 that we're doing. Uh, we have an MBE task force uh, that is comprised of a, a number of different uh, organizations, uh, and they meet with us and our executive director on a monthly basis, and they tell us. They're not shy about saying, here's, here's where you could do more, here's where you can you can do better. So I, 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 I'm happy that you are excited about hearing this news, but I want to be completely honest to let you know that there are advocates out there who are also helping us to do the right thing. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I know Shakia is trying to unmute herself to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but I would say we, we would love to get in contact with those advocates. So I'm going to look at the council list today so we yeah. can reach out to them because that's, that's huge. And it'll be, you know, really good conversation to have with the audience about how they were able to, you know, work together to develop that council to advocate for these type of opportunities. Um, a lot of times we try to distance ourselves um, as it relates to getting into politics and owning a business and, you know, all of that aspect of it. But honestly, it all ends up working together. So um, and if you reach out to um, Cheryl, who put you in contact with me, um, yeah. give you the email addresses and the names of some of those folks that you can talk to. Yeah, and I think Cheryl is on, but she had to she had to call on because her Zoom isn't working. Okay. Um, but I I believe Cheryl is on. I think she's like the last. I, I okay. Think. But connect um, Where? Let's move on to the questions. I don't know, Shakia, you want to start with what's in the chat? I'll start with this one. Um, it says, if I already am uh, SDVOSB, which is uh, Service Disabled Veteran Owned Small Business. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, so if you're already Service Disabled Veteran Owned Small Business certified, is a full application still required? Some entities have an alternative application for those already certified in that area. Is a full application required for another certification? Or is that the question? I think it is for the M 
for the um, DBE. So if they're already federally certified as a service disabled veteran owned small business, do they still have to apply? I know, I, I think I know the answer, but I think you should answer. Yeah, no, the, the, the answer is yes. Uh, so when you think about the different uh, certifications, uh, the SDDOB or small business. Uh, so at the Port Authority, we have six, right? We have small business um, uh, enterprises. We have an already uh, business enterprise, woman business enterprise, the service disabled. And then we have the DBE as well as the ACDBE, which mm -hmm. is the airport concessions uh, disadvantage. And so uh, uh, depending on what your what you, again, what you offer, what your area expertise is, or what you're interested in, you want to have the certification that allows you to compete in that space. And so uh, while a, um, a service disabled veteran owned business could in fact be a DBE business, it doesn't necessarily correlate to a DBE being able to be a service disabled veteran owned business. Right. Uh, that means you have to be in service, you have to be acknowledged that there was a disability, so on and so forth. So the fact that you have um, the uh, SDVOB, uh, that's good. I want to thank you for your, your service, um, but you do want to look at uh, completing the DBE application. Uh, again, like I said, when those federal funds are involved, uh, DBE gets first cut at that. And then here's a, just to also piggyback off of that question, because you have a veteran-owned certification, do you accept this, the federal services able veteran-owned one um, in lieu of the one that you all have? Yeah, so we we, we um, just launched ours, um, uh, I wanna say uh, just before Veterans Day in 2019. Uh, so if you already have a, a designation uh, in uh, in the region, uh, we would would look at that, um, but we would have to see uh, um, who actually certify you on that. So I would I would uh, ask your uh, your person to get in touch with us, our certification uh, hotline, uh, and I'll give you that information before we close, uh, and we can take it from there. Perfect. Um, have another question about the ACDBE certification. Um, yes. Someone is asking, they have a, a apparel company. They're asking, would they be able to get certified as ACDBE and have a location in the airport? Is, is that something or something? No, that, 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 that's a great question. Um, and uh, the answer is, um, it's possible. And when I say it's possible, again, uh, the ACDBE and the DBE, we're guided by federal guidelines uh, in there. And so uh, when you think about passing through the airport um, or any airport, you see food and beverages and you see um, retail. And so all those spaces are competitively, um, uh, uh, they're awarded as a result of competitive response to an RFP. Yep. Um, while it sounds like I'm hedging uh, my response, I'm really not. I'm saying that that is a very different uh, process to become an airport concessionaire that someone wants to give a lot of thought to. Um, uh, because it's not like, you know, you walk through an airport and you see a retail or for sale sign and you go in, uh, you open up your business there is a, a very long process 
responding to the RFP, uh, making sure that you are capitalized to be able uh, to do that. Uh, and then if you're fortunate enough to, to get in there, understanding that the business, running a business inside the airport is a lot different than running a business on Main Street. Um, how do you get uh, behind security? How do you get your product in there? Um, your hours have to be uh, 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 equal Last to uh, when the airport opened. Yeah, the last flight. That's last exactly flight. <laughs> first flight out. Last flight. Last last flight in. So um, it's, it's something that I, I think more uh, people should think about it. But it is a very 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 intensive uh, labor intensive time intensive. Uh, 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 process that you yeah. want. I would say for anyone that is looking for the airport concession. So um, one of the companies that we did HR business partnership for is OTG management, which is yeah. the food and beverage. Everybody that goes to an airport that sees an iPad. And I will tell you just the security clearance alone um, that can is not your average you know, walk on the street and walk and buy something in the store. If you don't have a ticket, you also have to take into account recruiting, staffing the people are going to be completely different. Um, having your stuff, there isn't a regular dock, right? The, the dock is next to the planes. So there's so many different factors in working in Terminal C and, you know, things you have to consider is to get from the back of your store to the front of your store might take you three minutes to get from the dock terminal C on that side to get to your store can take you 30 minutes walk across trying to, so there are so many different things and it is extremely competitive. My point and tip would be, be extremely unique on what you offer and cater it to a specific niche. I think what made OTG very successful in the airports is they created restaurant luxury concepts within an airport. So you don't feel like you're at an airport, you feel like you're in the city, right? So definitely, and they brought different types of cuisine. So be very strategic. Don't just say, I wanna sell t-shirts, right? What can your t-shirts do for me while I'm flying? Exactly. So those are some of the tips that I would say. And I think I have one final question. Um, and this one is pertaining to um, doing business with your DBE certification. So this was a comment off of YouTube. Someone said, um, how do they, wait, if they need to get some information about the DBE certification, who do they contact? Mm -hmm. So again, when, it, when you go to our um, Port Authority website, um, www.panynj.gov. Um, there's a lot on our website, so let me say that to you up front. But look for business opportunities, uh, and then you'll see how do I become certified. And you click on that, you can start the process. But for your listeners um, right now, I can also give you um, a uh, it's a uh, www.panynjsd Com. That will take you right into the uh, supplier diversity certification uh, process and you can get started there. And I would say once you get started with the DBE, um, one, that moment that you start like applying for DBE, the great thing that they do, I know a lot of people have done their federal certifications and they get upset because they're like, well, what's the status? What's the status? 
they give you a 30-day acknowledgement letter saying, hey, we acknowledge we received it. In the next 30 days, we'll be reviewing. And they give you the email address to the person reviewing your application. So you can have the back and forth conversation like, hey, my lease expired. I need to get a new lease, you know, or all your documentation just to review um, and to make sure everything is copacetic. And I had, this is my final question. I think I said that the last time, but I promise for real, this is it. Um, and this is for all of our startup founders, people who are innovative in creating new technologies and solutions. How do they introduce these type of technologies or um, products or services or anything that makes something innovative, something new that can support the Port Authority? How do they go through the process of, you know, introducing their products to you? So again, it's, it's, it's the same thing. They want to be on the uh, PA Procure. Um, and they, they, so again, it's, it's um, you have an, uh, a business, you want people to be aware of your business. Uh, the only way we can become aware of your business is you put yourself uh, in front of us by being uh, in, our, in our database. Uh, and then uh, when we're doing um, our different outreach sessions, uh, you want to uh, be part of those outreach sessions and you want to come up to uh, myself or anybody from the Port Authority and say, hey, here's, here's, here's what I'm offering. And I think someone in your aviation department or someone in your PATH department would benefit from this. Can you direct me to the right person to have that conversation uh, with? And so uh, it's, you know, it, it, you have to put yourself in position to have those conversations. Um, and the easiest way is to register your, your yourself on PA Procure, but the the other the other thing, not but, and you want to make sure that you stay engaged and stay involved. And so, spending time uh, on on our website, um, you know, attending events like this where you're you're bringing information to to them uh, directly, uh, all that's part and parcel of of, of growing your business. And I would say the last big thing, when I look at working with Port Authority, um, also their website is extremely user-friendly, um, which all of us have had issues in the past, right, with registering our business. So when you go and you look for the opportunities, like the solicitations that are open right now, for example, under professional like services, you they actually have a button where if the solicitation is out, you can actually click and say like, you want to be added as a certified Port Authority subcontractor. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Right? So like you can put yourself out there for a specific solicitation by simply filling out a form before you have to go and write a 60 page solicitation um, and possibly not even be included. So I definitely say look at the opportunities that are on their website prior to reaching out, you know, to Dr. Wright or Cheryl and making sure that you know which opportunities you want to tackle first. Excellent point. Excellent point. All right. Well, that is it. it this has been a really engaging, really informative um, session or episode. And we're so excited, excited to get this out on all of the different podcasting mediums. So it will be on YouTube, Dr. Wright. It'll also be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Amazon, anywhere people are listening to podcasts. So uh, they are going to replay this episode, the episode with the Department of Transportation. Um, for us being a new podcast, we end up getting like 160 something listens on that podcast with, you know, it was super exciting. So definitely happy to be able to one, share this information with the community and have individuals like yourself who are, you know, so open to come up, so open to coming and sharing um, your insight with us. So thank you so much for coming with us today. You're welcome. And if I may ask, who, who did you have from the USDOT? Was it Shelby? No, we end up having um, Adriana Clark from the Office of Small and Disadvantaged Business Utilization. So okay. she's the director of the Southeast region. Awesome. awesome. She came on and it was it was a really good episode. It was episode two. So basically almost back to back. <laughs> and the reason why I ask is because um, uh, just recently, I want to say maybe two months ago, uh, uh, a colleague of mine at MTA, uh, Mike Gardner, called a number of us together from different agencies to to address this issue as a collective. How do we increase uh, opportunities? So, so we're not in competition. We're really trying to collaborate. Uh, and so, we you know we've had uh, uh, Bradley Mims uh, on from the U.S. Uh, from the FAA, uh, and uh, we're going to have other folks on our calls. But the reason why we get together uh, every week is to make sure that um, we can share best practices and share ideas and work together on it. So, so I'm glad to see that your podcast is bringing a number of different folks uh, to get in front of your audience. So congratulations to both of you again, and I appreciate uh, uh, you giving the Port Authority opportunity uh, to participate. Absolutely. Anytime. And trust me, this will happen again. Um, <laughs> and hopefully, you know, cross our fingers, post-COVID, it can be more of an in-person session. Sure. sure. All right. Well, thank you. Um, thanks for joining everyone that is on our Black Bunker, our GovVA students. Thank you for joining us on this episode. We are honored to have the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey have us again. My name is Chris Lee Julian or Chris Lee Ganthier, depending on what day. Um, <laughs> and I am the founder of The Black Bunker, a strategic masterclass for minority businesses trying to do business at a federal city and state level. Shakia? I'm Shakia Kegler, the founder and CEO of GovLA, simplifying and increasing outreach to minority-owned businesses. So um, again, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video, um, turn the notifications on because we go live. Well, we have episodes that come out every Thursday at 1.30 p.m. interviewing business owners, government buyers, government employees, um, professionals who are very knowledgeable in the government contracting space, and then also prime contractors who do business with subcontractors about how to work with them. So again, super excited to have this episode. We will catch you guys next week. Um, if you need, if you have any questions in the meantime, you can always drop them in the chat or reach out to us on social media. And that is it. Peace. Bye, hey, everyone. Thank you. Take care.